What is up, y'all? Welcome back to the All Things Psychological Podcast. I'm your host. Today, this episode is episode five. Today, we are going to talk about boundaries and interpersonal relationships. I'm excited. Um, So, I don't know. I feel like during this hiatus I took, I really was forced to question and challenge how I show up for myself and how I show up in relationship and a few things that I think impact how we set boundaries and human connection, yada, yada, definitely is attachment. I've always been fascinated by attachment, especially, you know, providing direct therapy. But what I find so fascinating about it is how it then shapes how we not only show up in relationship, but how we show up for ourselves and how that can be an illustration of kind of the connection or love or, you know, sense of belonging we feel we deserve, even if it's all we know. And so I often think many of us as human beings do not have secure attachment or are working towards secure attachment. Of course, there are people in this world that already have it, grew up in very um, healthy kind of environments or, you know, healthier, appropriate family dynamics for the most part, and, you know, have a great way of connecting with people, setting boundaries and attaching like they're good. Um, but for people like myself um, and, you know, many people in the world, that has been a journey that we have to learn. And it's really it may take a long time to continue to put into practice because imagine for me, I've gone over 20 years of not having secure attachment or ways of engaging with people. So it's not going to go away in a year. Like it has to become a lifestyle, just like working out and eating healthy and all that other stuff. And so we have to give ourselves grace and self-compassion that it will take time to do so. Because I always believe, you know, once we know something, we know it. We can't unknow something. So now that we know how we engage, you now have opportunity and choice to lean into working on that change, however you see fit. So, yeah, attachment has always been like fascinating to me. And what's fascinating in that is how it then shows up in how we set boundaries and how we seek connection, because I do think boundaries often directly correlate to how we then find connection and establish connection to people in our lives. I try not to see things as positive or negative. I just don't find that helpful. So I often try to say and frame things in a way of understanding like we do things out of survival and out of necessity, even if it is at the expense of our relationships or at the expense of ourselves. We'll do it because one, it feels familiar. Two, it's what we know. And three, it's out of survival. And when those factors are there, it makes it much harder to kind of change that narrative because changing the narrative, even if we are to say, hey, if you do it in this way, there's a great positive outcome, that's still a risk if we're unsure. So we would rather stay with the familiar. I think that's a, a often a concept that many of us as humans do. We do things out of pattern and familiarity, even if we know it's not, you know, serving us anymore. We're just like, hey, this is what we know. And I'm not saying that as an excuse, but that then becomes a very deeply ingrained factor of why it makes it hard to really establish and sustain change in our lives that I think people often diminish and say, well, it's just easy. Like if you knew it wasn't good for you, you shouldn't do it. Well, it's actually not that easy. It's hard. We are hardwired to do things that feel routine and familiar. Um, But anyway, so for me, when I took that hiatus, I really had to recognize like how I was showing up for myself and showing up in relationship. And something that I like had to check myself before I wrecked myself about was for a long time, being assertive, being direct, 
you know, even to the point of being brash or blunt or being labeled as aggressive or being labeled as a bitch, which I know I can be a bitch at times. I think for a long time, it had served me because I grew up in an environment at times, not all the time, but at times that was very um, intimidating and felt like bully-like behavior. Um, And being the only girl in an environment with mostly boys or being in a family dynamic where that was just the narrative we all did, we all kind of bullied each other into submission, but it was love. It was like this weird fucking concept. I just grew up kind of having to, I felt like I had to defend myself. I, of course, you know, have talked to my siblings and talked to other people in our family and we all each have a different perspective of what was going on. This is just mine. Not to say that it was exactly what was happening, but this is my perspective and my feeling and my experience of being in the family. Um, Yeah, it was fucking hard for me to really set effective boundaries without getting to the point of having to put my hands on someone or getting verbally aggressive. Like that's how I kind of found ways to defend myself. So I know one thing that I really want to continue to work on is I'm very quick to temper and I'm very quick to have a slick mouth. (laughs) Like Those are two things I know about myself and it's not a great thing, but it's something that I know about myself. Um, And so now kind of being where I am in life and looking at my relationships, what's been fascinating and really challenging for me, but it it is rewarding and it feels good after the fact, like the gratification after feels great and leaning into the softness as a way to be assertive. So I will often come hard and like clear and make sure you get it. Um, And what has been interesting is how do I still have that? but lean into the softness and the vulnerability I know I have and and am capable of. And I don't think the person I was five years ago could have really done that to the person I am now, like willing to stay in that vulnerability is so fucking hard. People think being vulnerable is so easy, but vulnerability requires trust and safety. And again, if we're thinking about attachment styles and connection, if we've never had that, how do you expect someone to be vulnerable with you? When often vulnerability then means you fucking shame me anyway. So fuck you. I'm not going to be fucking vulnerable, you know? So that's been hard to lean into the vulnerability, even if it doesn't work out, even if people don't get it, even if you lean into the vulnerability and the softness and set boundaries and people still don't want to respect you and still don't give a fuck. How do you continue to show up in that way? That becomes the catalyst for change and that becomes a big reason why it becomes so hard to sustain change. Because then when that happens too many times, you're like, well, fuck it. I'm going to just do what I know and be hard and be aggressive because at least that was working out better for me. You know what I mean? So it's been a journey. And what I've learned is there's this great kind of way of understanding boundaries in a way, but it's more so coming from a community-centered activist kind of perspective. And it's called pod mapping. If you look it up, it's very fascinating. And I'm still learning a lot about it. One of my homegirls in the field, uh, when I was interning at a site, you know, a few years ago, really put me onto that concept and I loved it ever since. But one thing to really think about with boundaries, kind of taking a little bit from the understanding of pod mapping, how I kind of see boundaries is having this circle around you that is like a thick, bold line, right? Like a thick, bold line circle. And those are the people in your life that you can trust not only to show up for, but for people that can show up for you. And that means like 
you know, you're able to check them. They're able to check you. But how I like to see it is it comes from a place of love and respect, right? Like those are, whether it's friends, chosen family, family, uh, your boss, like whoever you've established a deep relationship and trust and safety with, those are people that you can trust. Hey, if you're going to check me, I know it's coming from a place of mutual respect and because you care, not just because you want to see me do bad or not just because you want to always be right, like be very vindictive. You really care about my well-being and vice versa. And that takes a, large, a long time to establish. So I always like to see it as like a thick, bold line of these are like the people that are in my inner circle. Then out of that, I almost like to see that the lines become either more transparent is one way of thinking about it, or become kind of like dotted lines that are a circle around you. And by that, I mean, those people in my life can come in and out. Those are kind of seasons or people that I trust for the most part, but that may change depending on how they show up for me. And I think when I've allowed myself to lean into that perspective, it's allowed a lot of peace in my life. I often feel, and I feel like this is my experience in the Black community. I can't speak for all people, but my experience in the Black community and my Black family has been, you know, we are loyal because we are loyal because we are loyal. Like you don't fucking question it. And why are you asking questions? That's family. That's what you do. And for a long time, you become indebted to people that aren't fucking great people, one, or two, don't really fucking care about you or your well-being or your fucking boundaries. So I think that now having this thick, bold line circle around me of people that have worked hard to continuously show up for me and vice versa, and then having these kind of dotted or transparent lines around me where people can be... Um, I see those boundaries as more malleable that people can come in and out and I have choice in how I allow them to be in my life has created a sense of peace and a sense of autonomy that I didn't really have for a long time. There's no expectation that these people have to be in my life. You have to work to show up. I also have to work to show up in this relationship, but I am not required to keep you in my life if it is detrimental and at the expense of myself, like I'm not fucking doing it anymore. And what's been another caveat to boundary setting is one, thinking of it, thinking of it in that way, but two, thinking of how I voice and advocate my boundaries from a preventive or a, pre- a preemptive kind of perspective rather than trying to maintain after the fact, like after I'm already overwhelmed and after I'm already burnt out. And I was talking to my roommate like not too fucking long ago and we had this like deep conversation and I was saying like, yo, think about it. Like I personally feel for those of us who are in direct service to the community or directly work with human interaction, whether that's, you know, the food industry, whether that's mental health, whether that's therapy, whether that's community level, whatever it is, we have a higher capacity for burnout as we know and a lower tolerance for the fucking bullshit. Like... I feel like we all know it and we still like, I feel like, you know, society still doesn't fucking get it. So by that, I mean, when I was talking to my roommate, I was like, by the time I work two jobs, by the time I wake up at 5 a.m. for work, I get home by 8, 30, 9 o'clock. I don't have capacity to also then hear about your day and your needs and what's going on in your life. I've already done that for over 10 hours. I'm exhausted because I can barely show up for myself. I can barely fucking eat, you know, healthy food, get some meal in me before it's time to do it all over again. I may not even have time to work out. 
which then causes me to feel bad and eat even more. So then I only have time to shower and maybe do my skincare and brush my teeth and go to bed and do it all over again. Like I don't have time for myself. So what makes you think I have time for you? And of course, not saying it in that way, but just having an honest discussion of being in a field where you are in direct service to people often leads to higher burnout and lower capacity to care. And so one way I've tried to be preemptive or preventative about that is to get ahead of the burnout. I know myself. I know you're getting tired today. If a friend asks me to hang out, I'm quicker to say no and quicker to set that boundary ahead of time so that I don't become the grumpy person or the grumpy friend in the friend group where we're all going out and everybody's like, why is she hella mad or why is she hella quiet? You know, because <laughs> it's like I'm fucking tired, you know, and I know I get grumpy when I'm tired. And it was such a refreshing conversation to have with my roommate because when we had that conversation, he was like, oh, OK, I get it. And I was like, yeah, that's why a lot of times when I get home, like I really I almost feel so prickly that I don't want to have interaction because I've had interaction all day. And it's interaction I love. Like, I love my job. I love doing therapy, but it's tiring. I don't want to sit here for another hour and process. Like, I'm exhausted. I just want to decompress and dumb myself down and watch a stupid Netflix show. That's kind of where I'm at most days. And I imagine a lot of people in the service, in a service kind of field or career, often feel the same way. If not, let me know. But I just wanted to name that kind of tangity perspective because I imagine that that is another uh, kind of factor that impacts why not only it's hard to set boundaries, but why it's then um, harder to show up for yourself in the moment, like after the fact, after after you're already overwhelmed and after you're already burnt out. So after I've become aware of that, uh, I've been much more intentional about saying no. And then also too, because I'm being preemptive, I'm able to have conversations with my friends ahead of time to say, look, when I'm tired, I know myself, I tend to shut down. I tend to isolate. I tend to not want to um, really engage. I almost become overstimulated uh, by too much social interaction. And I need lots and lots of time to reset. And I want to be able to show up for you and show up for our friendship. So in order to do that, like, I'm, I'm going to say no, like, I'm not doing it. I'll let you know, like, continue to invite me. I really appreciate it if you're able to. If not, I understand. I'm not saying I don't want to hang out with you, you know, all the time. But just right now, I'm exhausted. And once I've had even that one off conversation, now when I say no, my friends are like, OK, you're obviously tired. I'm like, yeah, like I'm going home. Um and there's also, you know, for me, I can joke around about it and be like, yo, I'm really great at Irish goodbying. Like, I'll just leave when I get overwhelmed and you know me. But for me and my friend group, that works. Obviously, that wouldn't work for everyone. But, you know, we all know each other. So the the kind of refreshing thing and gratifying thing about kind of leaning into the softness, but also leaning into just being preemptive about kind of setting boundaries has been that the payoff is much more refreshing and I don't feel as guilty and I don't feel like I'm causing harm to my relationships. Like before I'd be pissed off and tired and overwhelmed and I would take it out on my relationships and I would say, well, it's because I'm tired today. Well, damn, like you could have communicated that, you know? So I'm trying to, what I'm trying to basically say is that when you get to a space of that self-awareness of the ways I've been communicating and kind of connecting to people hasn't been serving me. I think it kind of provides an opportunity to, to reflect on how do I then 
uh, change that narrative of what I'm telling myself about re- my relationships, but also change how I advocate and set boundaries and connect and all that stuff so that I can have these relationships that I actually really care about in my life um, instead of pushing them away. So I don't know. I, I find that boundary setting now in my late 20s has been a fucking journey and it's been extremely hard. I still have a long way to go, but I do feel more at peace with doing so. And with saying no, I am a firm believer that I do not want to be in a position where I am indebted to people or in invested in these relationships at the expense of myself. Like I just can't do it anymore. And it makes me fucking resentful. And I don't want to feel that way anymore. So what can I do to change that narrative ahead of time before I get to that space? And that's been kind of one of the ways that I've been able to do that. The other thing that's been fascinating about these kind of relationships are really kind of having opportunity to see how people show up for me and really analyzing that. I've noticed quite recently, actually, that I'm recognizing friendships where I'm doing more of the investing than the other person. And it's really caused me to reflect on, eh, do I really want that in my life? Like, oh shit, you got choice in whether or not you stay invested to these relationships and these dynamics. And you really don't even fucking have to. (laughs) Like, fuck the years that you've known them or fuck the person who you think they are. Or, you know, even on a lower level, like fuck the potential opportunity for networking. You don't even really like this person or maybe you do, but they're not really showing up for you or being a good friend. And so when we kind of go back to that understanding of boundaries, the lines that are more dotted or more transparent, that's when I start to place people at different levels in my life. I'll have my core. I know who I know who I know who I can count on. And then those people that become more transparent, okay, you're not working hard to stay invested. I'm going to push you farther out of the circles because you haven't been showing up for me. I feel like I'm investing in the relationship or dynamic and you aren't doing your part. I'm not going to sweat it. I'm going to push you farther out. And when you're ready, or if you can get to that point to show up for me, you can work your way back in. And like, for instance, I've noticed I often am in a position to always listen, not just even in the therapy space that I get paid for, but like as friends, we all are required to The hope is that we are in a very symbiotic relationship and I can pour into you, you can pour into me. The requirement is we're able to give and take and give and take and give and take. And we're not, you know, having fucking check marks and shit, but you know, it feels pretty equal or pretty balanced, so to speak, right? That's the ideal dynamic for friends, relationships, whatever. And I've noticed for myself how I feel recently is I've often been in dynamics with people where I feel like I'm the one required to listen. But then when I share, there's not much reciprocity and understanding or vulnerability or validation. It's like, oh yeah, okay. Like that's hard. And it's like, okay. Or This weird thing that I've really been into that I find kind of annoying, but I also do it. So fucking hypocrite Um, has been when I'm like talking to someone and they aren't paying attention or they're on their phone. But then when I'm listening to someone, I make sure to kind of make you know, eye contact and listen to them as much as possible. Cause I hate weirdly actually hate making eye contact. It's one thing I'm working on, but it makes me feel uncomfortable. 
yeah like it really irritates me because then I feel like they're like yeah yeah sure 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 okay anyways about me and that previously and even now it's something I'm working on it makes me want to shut down <laughs> like all right well fuck you <laughs> like it makes me go there so that's been something I've been working on but also kind of naming and that also like naming it is also a choice if I feel like I'm invested in the friendship I'll like name it in a joking way like are you even paying attention to me like I'm trying to tell you something and they're like yeah I'm like okay I kind of just feel like you're not and we kind of move on that's my like soft way of saying hey I feel like you're not engaging and like, you, I feel like you don't care. And I feel like you're not engaged in what I have to say. And it's like that soft window, um, soft opening for people to still be engaged with me. And one thing I've noticed is when that happens repeatedly and it's a friendship that's forming, but not already formed, I'm still getting to know the person. I then will be much more quicker to set a boundary ahead of time uh, of let's say not going deep or keeping it very superficial because I feel like I've tried to open up and you're not receiving that. Um, I'm much more quicker to go there than with a friend I already have like 10 years of friendship with. And I also think what's important to name about boundaries is they don't also, they don't always have to be explicitly stated. I personally believe that boundaries can be internal. Like this is a boundary and a choice I'm making for myself. And it just becomes a shift. Now, I don't think you need to do it in a malicious way. But for instance, kind of with the example I presented about not feeling like people are really showing up for me emotionally and providing space for me to just process like I do for them. If that happens too many times and we're forming a friendship or a relationship, I will make an intentional choice in my head to limit how much emotional space and opportunity I then provide for you. I'm not going to be rude about it. But, you know, maybe the next time we have a conversation, I'm kind of like, okay, well, you know, that definitely sounds hard. I hope you're able to figure it out. I'm not going to sit here and spend time and process with you on a deep level. I'm not going to sit here and spend time and give you advice. That requires emotional labor. And you have shown by your actions, you haven't given that to me. Now, if I feel like it's an investment I really want to make, I will then have the conversation of like, hey, I feel like sometimes like when we have conversations, you aren't really paying attention to me. And that makes me like not really want to show up for you. I'm very good about being direct in that matter. And I also understand that that is not for everyone. And that's also not safe for everyone to do um, where I'm at in my life. And with my relationships, I am able to do that. But I also understand if that is not something that's feasible. So um, I just want to say assess the risks with naming that and having that challenging conversation, because depending on dynamics, depending on safety, like actual physical safety and emotional safety, that may not be possible. It may be more detrimental. But I will say for me, I am very clear of having that conversation. And if I feel like things continue to not change, then I will set an even firmer boundary of, you know, what, like we can kind of be acquaintances. I don't really know if I'm available to hang out. I'll let you know, like I'll, I'll kind of start setting the stage of what the dynamics really look like, because I don't have time to be in a position where I'm now giving free emotional labor and to be quite honest, getting nothing in return. I do believe relationships are give and take, but it's not always give and not receiving anything. That's also not fair to me. And that's what I mean of being in relation to people at the expense of yourself. That's not healthy to me because then that contributes to my burnout. And I don't like feeling that way because then going back to what I said earlier, I become resentful. So I don't know. I just feel like boundaries are 
Boundaries are a great way of stating your needs and the rules of engagement for you, like how people show up for you, but also how you show up for other people. And one thing I kind of teach my clients too is boundaries can be and may need to be very hard. Like this is a very strict boundary, but also as you learn to understand what boundaries feel like for you and how you personally, individually set your boundaries, you can then have more freedom to choose if your boundaries are a little bit more malleable. Like sometimes I think of it of the blood brain barrier of like what is able to pass through and what's not. And once you're able to set effective boundaries, you can then go back and choose, do I want my boundaries to always stay this firm? Are some things kind of passing through and not? Is it based on individuals and kind of how they're showing up for me? Is it based on certain criteria? Is it based on certain values I have? And for me, that has been the freedom to have is that I don't have to hold everyone at arm's length and I can try to let you in as I allow my own self to have vulnerability. But then if you're not working hard to show up for me, and of course, you know, life happens and stuff. And I'm thankful I've had friends that have been gracious enough to still have me in their lives. Like I understand all that, but I'm saying for people that continuously repeat the same behaviors and can continue to not show up for you in the way that you need, I do then find it's easier to then reassess and say, hey, for right now, like we're not working. And because I may want to see how this relationship or friendship goes, I'm actually going to place you a little bit farther out because I just feel like right now we're not clicking. And if we continue to engage in this way, it's not healthy for either of us. That's actually a great and healthy way to have communication with someone or to set an effective boundary. Like, hey, this actually isn't healthy for me. It's not serving me. I really need space, X, Y, Z. So let me know, what are your guys' thoughts on boundaries? I definitely kind of engaged in a tangent all over the place, but I'm very curious what your guys' perspective is. Um, This is just currently how I see boundaries and how I see boundary setting and the importance of it in interpersonal relationships. And I do feel like the way that I've been doing it now has been much more healthier, not only for myself, but for my friendships. And I think having had conversations with some really close friends in my life them telling me I need you to be a lot more clearer about what your needs are instead of like shutting down and not communicating like forcing myself to do that has allowed for my friendships to really grow and vulnerability on both ends like I I feel like I'm working hard to really deepen the trust in my friendships and I'm also receiving um, a lot more kind of love and understanding from my friends so that has felt really good and very healing uh, to be in that space of requiring myself to be vulnerable and show up. So in many ways, me setting boundaries has also required me to be a better friend to people because inadvertently I may have been the cause of not living up to what their expectations are in a friendship or not respecting their boundaries, like expecting them to always just get it and get this is how I am. And she tends to shut down. So I need to just go with it. Like actually having an open conversation, my friends telling me like, actually, I don't like when you shut down because it makes me like not want to continuously check on you is like, oh shit, like I actually care about this relationship. Let me change how I'm showing up as well. And let me say, well, when you do this, this is what's coming up for me. So how can we work to kind of create space where I can be more accountable and more responsible and a better friend um, in this relationship because I care about you or in this, you know, romantic relationship because I care about you. And that takes practice. So 
I don't know. I think attachment and I think connection, I think survival all play a huge part in how we set boundaries, um, how we maintain them, not only for ourselves, for other people. But with that, we have come to the end of the episode. Let me know your thoughts, opinions, feedback. As always, feel free to email me any critiques and feedback specifically at the all things psychological podcast at gmail.com. And I will catch you guys next time. Be sure to leave me a five-star review if you can. I really appreciate it. And I will see you guys next time.